0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's service. We hope that the service today will help you feel a little more connected and bring you hope as you continue to trust in God in this time. If you have not already, please follow us on Facebook, both at Evangel Pentecostal Church, and if you have children, on the children's ministry page, EPC Kids. And make sure to turn on your notifications so that you will be notified of the updates. Also, please continue to check your email, including your junk folder, for emails from the pastors, including the Zoom link to the prayer time each week. So enjoy the service, and may God bless you.
1: Good morning, Evangel. You know, during these strange times that we're in, it really is a test of our faith Do we trust in God. And so that's the song that I've planned to sing today is Trust in You. So if you're having a tough time trusting in God, you've got questions, then then this is the song to sing. Make this your prayer. And if you're having a tough time trusting in God, then during this song maybe pray for the grace to be able to trust, to be able to let go of what we want to happen or what we think should happen. And just say, God, I do want this or I do want that, but your will be done, in your timing, and through this all I'm going to trust in you, please help me to do that. Why don't we begin with a prayer? Heavenly Father, we don't understand everything that's going on, we don't understand why, and we don't have to, Lord God, but we know that you are in control, please help us to remember that. give us the grace, Lord God, to trust in you, to put our faith in you, and to move forward with that childlike trust. We love you. We thank you. And we offer up this praise to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Letting go of every single dream
2: single dream, I've laid one. I will trust in you. See, I've tried to win this war. I've tried to win this war. I confess. My hands are weary. I need your rest. steady hand. You are my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Your ways are always I am. Your plans are always good. There's not a place where I'll go. You're not already stirred. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I won't trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I won't trust
1: just a a faith where we we say that we believe, but a a faith that takes action, Lord God, that the way that we live proves that, that we do trust in you. Please help us, Lord God, to have a living and active faith and a trust in you no matter what. And we need your grace to do that. Please help us, Lord God please help our unbelief. And give us an increase of faith, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Evangel is a community of believers who love and care about each other. But we're not just inwardly focused. We care very much about the community that we're a part of, We care about the most vulnerable, those who are in need all around us. And so we serve in many ways in this community to touch the lives of people. But our reach doesn't stop there. We're also very globally minded, with missionaries serving all around the world that we pray for, we financially support, and we encourage along the way. Today we have the privilege of hearing a brief report from one of those missionaries, the Bansteve family, from Siberia, Russia. We pray that you'll enjoy this brief report, and I'll be back a little later in the service to bring our sermon and the beginning of our sermon series, Finding Faith. We'll see you soon.
3: My dear friends back home, thank you so much for your prayers. I read your letters and I'm so touched how you were praying for me. I'm so sorry again that I can't respond, that's why I'm sending you a video message. Thank you so much for praying for me. The operation went very well, very successful. When they opened my arm, they saw that there were not three breaks, but multiple breaks. So they put in a plate, a rod, and nine screws. So, But I thank God it's all over, and I'm feeling very well now. Thank you very much. I'd also like to thank you for praying for um, the opportunity to share with people in the hospital. God really opened the doors. It was amazing. When I was in the waiting room, was a little boy, 10 years old, who was weeping and weeping, just holding on to his father. I pitied him so much. He just, he just couldn't settle down. He's cried and cried and cried. I looked that he had a broken arm. So it, he was, he just couldn't settle himself. So I, they called me to do blood work and they did my blood work. They did all the preparation for the operation. And I come back in the waiting room. The waiting room was filled with people. And the little boy was still crying. I could see he was just had so much fear. And so I had a thought in me. I'm going to ask the father if I could pray for him. I was a little bit nervous because when I speak in Russian, I have a real strong accent. And his father was this big man with this black beard. And I was afraid he would say in front of the whole waiting room, no, don't pray. But I thought, I'll try anyway. So I asked the father. I said, your son is so afraid. And I'm a Christian. I said, can I just pray for him? And he said, yes. And so I just got down to this little boy's name is Vanya. And I just started to pray very calmly. I said, father, I ask you in the name of Jesus, take away all fear from Vanya. Just give Him your peace that everything will be all right. Comfort Him, Holy Spirit, and take all fear away in Jesus' name. And when I finished praying, the little boy immediately stopped crying. It was amazing to watch such a miracle happen right in the waiting room. And all the people, about 10 people in the waiting room, were listening and watching. Our Easter is one week after yours, and the women in our Teen Challenge program made a thousand masks, and other women in our church made another thousand. So this Easter, we're giving out newspapers and masks. So thank you again for all your love and prayers and support. We love you very much. Good morning, everyone. I'm reading from the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for. Verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Verse 39, These were all commanded for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Verse 40, since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect.
0: Thank you, Hannah, and welcome to all of you who are joining us for our service this morning. This past week, the results of a poll conducted by Leisure and the Association for Canadian Studies was released. The poll asked Canadian respondents to rate their level of trust in different groups who have been prominent during this global pandemic crisis. The results are as follows. 92% of Canadians said that they trusted frontline health workers like doctors and nurses. 81% of Canadians said that they trusted public health officials. Surprisingly, only 68% of Canadians said that they trusted the World Health Organization. Only 54% Said they trusted the Prime Minister, and a low 50% said they trusted the media. Now, what I found interesting in reading this report is that the least trusted people are the ones that we are encountering the most often, whether it be 24 7 news cycles or daily updates and reports. It seems the people with the most exposure have been trusted the least. Now, during this present global pandemic crisis, the issue of trust is front and center. There's a lot at stake. There are a lot of varying opinions out there, and it's important for us to decide who it is we're going to trust, because who we trust will impact how we live. Today, we're starting a new sermon series, which we've entitled Finding Faith. Now, we're basing this series on the book of Hebrews chapter 11, which is likely one of the most familiar chapters in the Bible and centers around the subject of faith. Although we do not know who the author of this letter is, nor do we know who the specific recipients are. We do know that the recipients of this letter are facing some intense trials and are being encouraged by the author to maintain their faith and to take courage. Faith in Hebrews chapter 11 is intended to show us that faith in God enables us as believers to press on despite our present realities because who we trust impacts how we live. The author selects some of the greatest heroes from Old Testament history, referencing how faith motivated and led them forward, regardless of their circumstances. Over the next few weeks, we will be considering some of these heroes in greater detail. But today, I would like to begin with establishing an understanding of faith based on what the author provides for us in this particular chapter. We will see that the author reminds his readers that faith has present implications, past implications, and future implications. And that, in fact, you can't separate one from the other. They're all connected. The goal of this series and our sermon today is that we will all find faith in God. And learn how to put our trust in him. Because who we trust will impact how we live. So first of all, present faith. The word faith is a common word in our culture. We say things like, you got to have faith. Or a test of faith. Good faith. We do it in good faith. Or in blind faith. We talk about taking a leap of faith. We talk about a breach of faith. We talk about keeping the faith. And we talk about a lost faith. We we use expressions like, I'm a person of faith. What does it mean to be a person of faith? According to our scripture today, faith is a conviction of belief that leads us to a trusting God that in turn shapes how we live. Let me say that again. Faith is a conviction of a belief that leads us to trust in God that in turn shapes how we live. Faith is active. It is alive. It's more than a set of opinions. It's more than a set of beliefs. It is more than a spiritual code that we believe in and we follow. Faith is so convicting And so compelling that it changes how we live our lives right here, right now. Faith is present. In chapter 11, verse 6 of Hebrews, the author reminds us that unless we are willing to trust God, right here, right now, we're powerless to know God. We are powerless to have a personal relationship with God. To be a person of faith means to be persuaded that he, God, exists and that he rewards those who search for him, those who crave him, crave him in their lives. Faith is not wishful thinking. It's not the power of positive thinking. It is more than hoping that something is happening or will happen. Faith is an inner conviction that something real is happening even when you can't see it. Faith is believing that God reigns, that he is in control even when the world is in chaos and out of control. We are able to endure hardships in the present because we have faith in God in the present. At this moment, And we trust that what he says is true. Faith is a very present and powerful reality. Being a person of faith is a life-shaping reality. Secondly, I want to talk about past faith. The author's intent in looking to the past and listing these so-called heroes of the faith from history is so he can inspire his readers to also have faith and to keep going like their predecessors did, even though there are people around them who are giving up. The truth is, there is a possibility that this approach could fail. It could backfire on the author. That the reader could see such a discrepancy in the faith of those listed in the chapter, and their own faith, that they, in fact, lose faith. And so I believe this is why the author includes in the list of heroes examples like Samson, Rahab the prostitute, Barak, and even David, to remind us, his readers, that it is possible to have weaknesses, faults, to make poor choices, to have a colored past, yet still find faith and have faith. God's blessings are not only given to those who deserve them, but to those who need them, who are willing to receive them, who are willing to make the changes that are necessary in their lives, to those willing to start fresh and put their trust in Him. Failed faith in the past does not disqualify you from being a person of faith in the present, right now. God is gracious. God is forgiving. God is a God of second chances. He never gives up on us, and he never turns his back on us. The truth is this. None of us are deserving of his grace. None of us can earn it. None of us can boast that we've not failed him at one time or another, Failed faith in the past does not disqualify us from faith in the present. Failed faith in the past can actually propel us into a strong faith in the present. So don't give up on yourself and don't give up on others. Your past lack of faith does not disqualify you from being a person of faith the present thirdly the author looks at future faith faith has a promise that always points to the future I want to say that again faith has a promise that always points to the future even though there are benefits in the past and there are benefits in the present the ultimate benefit lies in the future the Old Testament heroes listed in Hebrews chapter 11 knew the blessing of God in their lifetime. Noah and his family were saved from the flood because of faith. Abraham and Sarah were given a son that resulted in the establishment of the nation of Israel and the eventual homeland for that nation because of faith. Moses led the people out of Egypt to the edge of the promised land where they eventually entered because of faith. The walls of Jericho fell, and the nation of Israel took the city because of faith. Yet, the author ends chapter 11 by reminding his readers, reminding us, that even though these heroes are commended for their faith, Even though they experienced the blessing of God to a degree in their lifetime, none of them lived to see firsthand the ultimate promise. Well, what is this so-called ultimate promise? All of the faith that they had, that they had demonstrated in their lives, prepared the way for the eventual coming of Jesus, God's ultimate salvation, God's ultimate promise. And so even though these Old Testament heroes of the faith experienced God's blessing, they didn't live to see the ultimate fulfillment of God's promise in Jesus. But it doesn't end there. The author speaks of a future day. You see, Jesus' coming brought the kingdom of God in part. But his second coming will usher in God's kingdom in its fullness. And the author says that God has planned, quote, something better. God has planned something better for the future. Something that all believers of all time are gonna experience together. Now, it's common in our church to send short-term mission teams to minister in different countries in the world. An exciting part of these trips is when we return home. The plane lands and we all had to get our luggage to go through customs. As a team, we know that on the other side of the doors, our families, our friends, our congregation members are waiting for us to enter into that reception area. As a team, we always enter the doors to the waiting area together as one young and old, male and female, everyone going in together, one team. When the door opens and we walk through, we are welcomed by a great group of people welcoming us, hugging us, loving on us, excited for us, celebrating us as a team. That is what I think of when I read what the author is writing here. A day will come when Jesus returns, when our salvation will be complete and the kingdom of God will come in its fullness. And even though we have lived lives of faith and reaped the blessing of God in our lives, there is a moment reserved when the entire team the redeemed of all of time and history will walk through the doors together into that glorious welcome, that celebration of the final entry and eternity with Jesus. Talk about an all-star team. We're gonna be on a team in that final moment when all eternity now begins on a team with Noah and Abraham, Moses and Rahab, David and Esther, Ruth, Peter, John, Mary, our grandparents, our parents, our children, our families, our friends, all of us as a team entering into that final eternal time, hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant as we enter together as one. We we may not live to see some of the promises that God has made to us during our lifetime. But someday, someday, we will experience the something better that God has planned that we will all experience together. Because faith has a future in conclusion this morning I want to remind us that faith enables us to trust in God helping us as believers to press on despite our present realities because who we trust will impact how we live faith is believing that God reigns, that God is in control even when our world is in chaos and things seem out of control. Failed faith in the past does not disqualify us from faith in the future, because faith has a past, faith has a present, and faith has a future.
2: I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You wear my help, control. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. Uh
1: time. God, I look to you. Really make this your prayer. Focus on these words and sing these from your
2: heart to our good Father in heaven. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you God, I look to you, you're where my help comes from, give me wisdom, you know just what to do.
0: like to pray with you this morning as we conclude this service. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for this time that we've been able to share today. We thank you for those who have gone before us, who have modeled for us an example of what it means to have faith even in the midst of the most trying circumstances of life. And as these days we find ourselves struggling to be people of faith, in the midst of a world that seems to have slipped into chaos, where things seem to be out of control. Lord, may we be reminded today that you are still in control, that our trust is in you, that we can be people of faith, believing that there are things that you are doing that we cannot see. I pray today for the one who may be watching this or listening today, who would say I've failed in the past? I've let others down. I've let God down, and I'm disqualified from being a person of faith. Would you remind them by your Holy Spirit today that past failures does not disqualify us from moving forward as people of faith? That God, you accept the broken. You accept those who have failed. You accept those who have made mistakes and poor decisions, and you give us a second chance. And I pray that for those who may be considering this today. And Father, as we move forward, may we learn to trust you more and more. May we learn to put our lives in your hands. Please take care of us. Please lead us and remind us that you are with us, even in the most difficult circumstances of life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that this service today has been helpful for you, that it has encouraged you, that you too can be a person of faith, putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If we can be of any assistance to pray for you, to encourage you, to help you, please let us know, and we'll do what we can to help you. Until we meet again, God bless you. We're praying for you.